Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another new episode of Blue and Gold Make Darlene. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm just me. You're just you. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, we are back. All the defensemen in the league got traded, except for all the ones on the Sabres. Uh, last we, Our last episode on Monday, uh, we mentioned in our tweet, but we got a little bit confused with our uh, our trade deadline dates. So we recorded that episode in advance, thinking it was <laughs> last Monday, when in reality it's this Monday. So we're going to still wild. have some trades to talk about. I right at my phone, and it said, Monday, February 24th at 3 p.m. And I said, yep, that's tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, because I was thinking about that, and that did happen, where I was like in my kitchen. I was like, Taylor, wait, the deadline, is it tomorrow or next week? And you're really like, hold on, let me look. Oh no, it's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> These that things was will extremely happen. stupid. That, no, it was not. It was a simple mistake. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> though, some stuff happened in the meantime. Some stuff happened with the Sabres, including an impressive 5 to 2 lead win over the Maple Leafs, only to be brought back down by a backbreaking loss to the Ottawa fucking Senators. Taylor, your thoughts? I believe that's 3 in a row now the Senators have beat us. It's horrible. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, it good. is. You don't love to see that. Uh, so if that they was... beat the Senators, like, I think we talked about this before. Sorry to interrupt, but I was just going to say, if you win both of those Senators games, the Anaheim game, Detroit, and Montreal, you are literally ahead of the Leafs right now, potentially. And if you only win three of them, you're like right there. You're, you're right on the doorstep. And you should have won all those goddamn games. I know, I know. Uh, so what's really Slam annoying about this... More, Jason. <laughs> what's So I, I think I have a point. That I want to get to that I think is being under-discussed, even if part of it is being properly discussed. So, last night was a great example, or for those listening, Tuesday night. The Sabres are up 2-0, and they're on the power play. Perfect Mm -hmm. chance to go up 3-0. And I think it was Artem Anisimov scores a shorthanded goal. Something like that. Make it 2-1. And he came down the left side. What you normally do when you're on a penalty kill. Didn't seem all that interested in getting you know, making a play or trying to do anything too fancy. He just wanted to get a shot at the net, get the puck deep, try to waste time. And what happens? Inexplicably, it goes in the net because Carter Hutton didn't properly hold on to it. All right. Second goal, tough one. Whatever. The third goal, six seconds later. Six seconds, which is kind of insane. Right off the faceoff, basically. And Darlene got beat. That was a little bit his fault. He should have played, either tied him up or played the puck. Mm-hmm. Or tried to knock him down, either way. Uh, and he didn't. And that was that became a goal. Not Part of great. the reason, though, is because Hutton hadn't moved yet from making the initial save on that. Makes the initial save. goes. Or got, uh, I believe that was Nisimov again. I might have screwed up. I don't think the one on the Pelican was Nisimov. Nisimov goes around Darlene, puts the puck in the net. Goal. Then a fourth goal, a fifth goal, a sixth goal, and an empty net goal. So the Sabres scored four and lost, which is not great. Should not ever happen. Shouldn't, for a few reasons, but mostly because that's not good. The Sabres aren't going to score four goals that often. No. They're not a great offense. So, looking at the Sabres where they stand, and I've gone over these numbers a lot of times and tried to make a similar point, but I'm going to make a very specific declaration here. Okay? So, is it that Carter Hutton's bad? No, it's more specific than that. (laughs) Okay, okay. So this is getting at Carter Hutton. It's also getting at the goaltending in general. Uh, As we talked about before, uh, when you're looking at expected goals, which again is based on 
how often you shoot the puck at the net, how often the other team shoots the puck at your net, and mm-hmm. how close they are mm-hmm. uh, to the net, and are they in high-danger areas? How often are they? If you're looking at that, the Sabres, you know, they are 7th in expected goals against and 29th in expected goals for. And that's even strength. That's all even strength. And what what does that mean on the ice, or what has that meant? Well, it means they're 21st in goals, so they outperform that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they're 22nd in goals against, so they way underperform. Somehow, they do have a better, they're, they're better at scoring goals than preventing them. By a little bit, it's about the same. But look at that massive gulf in expected goals for and against. Now, your expected goals for, uh, you're a little bit better than that. You're outperforming it for a few reasons. The power play is average. They're not bad on the power play. They're 17th. That's pretty good. They're, they've been pretty good in overtime. And most importantly, part of the reason they're really good at power play in the overtime is because of a different guy who's also good at defense strength named Jack Eichel, mm-hmm. who's having a hard trophy level season. So that's, that kind of makes up for that. Now, why are they not good at preventing goals when their expected goals against is so low? First of all, they've allowed nine shorthanded goals. That's too many. Way too that's many. That's too many for a whole season. And it's only been 60 games. And they are 30th on the penalty kill, 30th of the 31. So you don't love to see that. Really glad that we traded for Michael Froelich, though. Really yes. happy about that. Now, here's the other problem. Your goaltending stinks. And the guy you have in net now? Stinks even Carter more Hunt. than stinks. Very bad. And he's the guy you would expect uh, was going to be the one you could rely on more. Before last season, you would have said that. more than, Well, look, we'll see what Allmark is. He's a decent prospect. But Hutton was the one you That's why you signed him for three years. Because you wanted him to be able to at least be good enough to be a starter if Allmark was either hurt or not good enough. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, Allmark's been both hurt and not good yeah. enough. Uh, he's His high danger save percentage is 817. So that's what you're going to get at here. Hutton's regular save percentage, as I'll get to in a second, is bad. But even with him not being able to, you know, even with him not being able to stop high danger chances... He should be helped a little bit by the fact that the team doesn't allow that many of them. Mm-hmm. So even if you're a little bit below average. The problem is he's far below average. He's 35th among goalies who have played 20-plus games. Not that many goalies have played 20-plus games. And he's 38th of 44 goal, of forty-four qualified goalies and goals saved above average. That's extremely Not bad. Not great. Yes. Because, and that's <laughs> particularly bad when you consider how well the Sabres are preventing. What, what, what their expected goals against number really means is that through their system, I would argue through their fourth line, through the the ability of the Eichel line to always be in possession, through the defense actually playing pretty well, they're not allowing teams to take that many good chances. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Clearly not. Yes. It has not mattered, really, because of this. Uh, Hutton. What's incredible is he started the year 6-0. and Played pretty well in almost all those games. Didn't have a real stinker in any of them. Now, overall, he's 894 and 25 starts. Since his 6-0 start, he's 8.77 save percentage. 8.77. The NHL average is somewhere around 9.10 right now. It's a little bit down from what it was a couple years ago. 8.77. I think that... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and it's in high danger chances, it's 8.17. 8.17? Yes. As I said, that's one of the worst in the league. Um, that's really bad, obviously. And just, just have a fun little thing here. Since... The 6-0 start. In his in the games he started, he has one shutout, two games where he's allowed one goal, six games where he's allowed two goals, one game where he's allowed three. That's half the games. The other half of the games are one game where he's allowed four, five games where he's allowed five, and four games where he's allowed six. So that's nine games of four or more. Nine. Half his start since the 6-0 start. I don't even now, know. On the other hand, Jonas Johansson up from Rochester, that's kind of another problem as we talked about. He has never really been that great of a prospect. Right. He's having he had a good year in Rochester. In his limited action, he's at eight eighty nine safe percentage. That's not good. What does he have? Only though one start, right? Well, uh, and one two relief s- appearance. I thought it was two maybe it is start. two and one relief yeah. appearance. Allmark has a nine fourteen safe percentage, which is like at or above average. Here's the thing I was. But isn't that what you need right now though? But okay. Yes, I think. There's a chance Olmark was getting a little lucky. If you ever see people put advanced goalie stats up on Twitter for the season, Olmark was almost as low as Hutton in some of them. Now, if you have 914 save percentage, we'll worry about you letting too many goals in later. Right. If that comes up. When it actually but starts happening. His high danger save percentage is lower than Hutton's. 
It's seven ninety five. So, I think that's so interesting though, because of the fact that I I mean relative to goalies though, isn't high danger chances like very, very, very circumstantial? Like in the fact that like I don't know, I mean I guess what I would say the opposite con- is true. Really? Low danger chances fluctuate more. Right, but I just mean like I guess like the I don't know if I'm going to galaxy brain here, but like the quality of the high danger chances, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Like that's, that's a possibility, yeah. That's I guess yeah. what I'm thinking here is I mean Yeah, I, I would agree with you because I think even though the Sabres don't allow many chances in the slot or in high danger areas in general, some of the time this year they've made the on purpose decision to put Zach Bogosian on the ice. That's what I'm just that's what I'm essentially getting at. Yeah. Is if your personnel who you're out there with not all high danger chances are created equally. Ex- that's essentially exactly what I'm saying. I agree and why with I'm that. curious yeah. about what I'm curious about with regard to that too is deployment. Like who when who is out there the most while we are facing the most high danger chances for both goalies for that matter. Yes. Because if you do, if you were to look further into that, I would probably bet, and I'm sure you would as well, that a majority of them were, or at least from like a percentage percentage wise are while a pairing that included Bogosian was out there, or even for that matter, Jake McCabe. I know McCabe has been eating a lot more minutes than Bogosian has and everything, but yeah, when uh, you think about it though, I'm just thinking of, you know, the amount of those that are maybe come from odd man rushes or Bogosian missing an assignment in front of the net, things like that. And I know the same could obviously be said for Hutton as well there, but I guess I'm, I'm curious to know the deployment with, in terms of like who is out there for high danger chances against. I'd like to see that too. Maybe that's um, something we can look into but, for next week, potentially. If yeah, that, that's, that's a little bit of a deeper dive. As a, as a counterpoint, Allmark's made are in the range of 30 starts this year mm-hmm. and more than 20% of high danger chances against are going in. Yeah, that's not good. I'm not like, trying to say that also I think part by of that any is way. But... He's been terrible on the penalty kill. And yeah. I think the Sabres have been terrible on the penalty kill. So that's definitely part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would count in... I'd have to look into that if that would count in the number that I actually looked up today. But either way, I think, yes, on one hand they have some of those. That plays a little bit of a part. I agree, though. I think that... the other part is... The goaltending has been really Trust bad. me, I do not disagree. That's one thing that I do want to say is that I completely agree that goaltending has been a major, 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 major issue, including Lena Solmark in that, you know? Yeah. Um, that's not to say that if we had a better goalie that, you know, we would definitively be a, be a playoff team because at the end of the day, the, the number one problem for this team is is has been remains to be the lack of goal scoring um you know we've learned that having uh you know elite top end goalie can't make up for a lack of scoring in the way that uh a lot of scoring and depth scoring can make up for you know pedestrian goaltender play um so I guess it's it's just so hard because it's just another area, though, which my, my greater point that I'm trying to get to, though, is that it's just another area that was neglected or mishandled, however you want to put it, on a number of levels. And when you look at Hutton, I think about the contract. So when that contract was signed, um, I think a lot of the reservations that people had were the fact that he technically wasn't the full-time starter for St. Louis when he had that good year with them, his last season with them. His numbers were really good, but it wasn't in a full-time starter capacity, especially when you take into consideration his age as well. So people were really wary about overpaying him. Yeah. Um, the AAV on his contract admittedly is not terrible. Um, Given, like, the situation when they signed it and everything, at the time, I was like, okay. My problem, though, then, which has increasingly become more of a problem now, is that they gave him three years instead of two. To me, that is just... I I have to think that with the amount of money that they ended up paying him, and obviously we don't know who else ended up was, was in on him or whatever... But would a two-year deal or a three-year deal made a difference? Like, you clearly had the leverage there that you could have maybe tried to, you know, get that into a into a two-year deal because... You would hope so, yeah. Right. I mean, I guess it's just more so you're giving a three-year contract to... 
the most voodoo position of all to a guy who had essentially half a season's worth of a track record for you to give him out like a three-year deal never for been him a starter. to be the starter yeah, yeah exactly starter. and with his age and everything and all of that in mind that just it just in retrospect it probably i i know that there are a lot of people who raised that as a, as a potential issue but in retrospect that probably should have been a much bigger red flag yeah now oh, yeah. you could say you know oh well, what's the difference two years or three years but i think if there's ever a scenario where you could look at that and say this is a huge difference it's with the sabers i mean yeah. with with hutton you're not gonna buy him out for less than a three million cap hit with one year remaining you're not gonna your other option is to do the bogosian thing and just sit him um I don't know. It's just like what what are you going to do? Like you need to go out and get a starting goalie next year. Like you UPL next year is just chained to Rochester. Like he needs to be there when take them on a playoff run. Hopefully that starts to happen this year in the playoffs if he comes up and gets a shot. I don't know that it will considering you have Johansson's going to go back down and Hammond there and I I don't really know how they're going to prioritize that with your with goaltending. I mean, he's been doing well for them as of late. But you have to do something next year. And, you know, Allmark is an RFA who I don't want to not re-sign him and just let him go and just rely on Hutton to be the backup next year. I mean, by no means, because we see what can happen. I feel much more comfortable about Allmark being that guy. And then you go out and you try and find another goalie. So, you know, now you're just faced with a situation where you have $3 million of cap space that you're going to be using on a guy who definitely should not be playing and it's not even a guy that you're going to roll out there on a night-to-night basis, even if he was playing. So what are you going to do? I mean, how are you going to handle that next year? And that's something that I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I legitimately don't really yes, know. I have a few thoughts. Okay. My first one is that, we've talked about this before. Plausible they, thoughts is what I'm, I want to yes, say, Yes, yes, plausible. One is that they should have handled this in this season somehow. Yes, I agree. Um, and I know it would have been hard. It's, you don't see a lot of mid-season and goalie trades. But I think it could have been done at some level. You've talked before that there are multiple teams with that have too many goalies. And maybe mm-hmm. those teams are like, we'll have those goalies and we'll, we'll see in the summer what, what a deal is. I think the problem is Bottrell didn't even try to make a deal. That's a no. problem for me. Because, you know, if he was trying to make a deal, he would have been like, hey, Darren Dreger, get on the radio and talk about how hard I'm trying. Because that's what it's about. That he does that. Can, can we also just say that, like, I don't know if you feel this way too, but Darren Dreger has lost so much credibility with me over this, like, the course of this season. Oh, yeah. And, and this, I, I, we're not the first fan base to feel this way. No, this was, I know. This is how I, everyone felt this summer about Marner. Right. Basically, in Toronto. Um, but you would see that reflected if he was actually going looking for a goalie. And I don't think he, I think he was looking at like you were like, Oh, we got an RFA. We might want to keep. And we got a guy we have under contract next year. Both of them seem borderline untradeable, at least in the mid season. What are we going to do? And then kind of threw his hands up and went, I guess we'll see if they play better. And they didn't. And that actually brings back to the original point I was going to make off of all these, these uh, stats I prepared. Uh, Jason, I think you can legitimately say right now that Jason Bottrell's in action cost them a chance at the playoffs. Not a playoff spot, but a chance. Because, uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, the Leafs are kind of right... that were right there for the taking if they had won some of these games. Absolutely. And they would have won some of these games with better goaltending. In fact, they would have won other games that they weren't even competitive in if mm-hmm. they had decent goaltending. Absolutely, they would So, the fact that they're, I think, eight points back still? Eight. With 20 games left? Eight points of the third place spot, and they're ten points back of the second wild card. And the first wild card spot, for that matter. Yeah, so they'd be right there in that mix with decent goaltending. And they didn't try to get that. So that was my point. To your second point about... Actually, to your first point, I made up that first point. <laughs> to your real point, uh, what I would do next year is I think you wave Hutton. I think that is plausible. And I think maybe he doesn't report and you work something out. Or maybe he's a guy in Rochester next year. I don't think anyone's going to be jumping to give a 35-year-old guy... Mm-hmm. Uh, an NHL starting job after he pulls what I think by the end of the year will be under an 890 save percentage. So I think you spend the year in Rochester or or you don't. We'll work out something else. Uh, and I think in that case, uh, I'm kind of up in the air on Olmark. I think I'd bring him back as a backup. And I, I think I'd too. look to a short-term starter 
make a trade for one of the guys we've talked about from Columbus or New York or elsewhere if you can find Vancouver him. even. I mean, that's Vancouver, more... Yeah. Vancouver is more... If you're doing... Even Columbus, too, and to a lesser extent New York, but that's... To me, that's not even like a bridge for UPL. That's like Those are the kind of moves that you should make because it's... You have UPL, yes, but we can't bank on him to be the savior or to be the guy or to be the next Miller. Right. You know, like... Making a move with a team like Vancouver for Thatcher Demko potentially, or with New York for Georgiev, or with Columbus for either of their goalies for that matter, that's a move that isn't a bridge move. It's a move that's let's take a gamble on a guy and see if maybe this could be the guy for us, like moving forward. Because I'm telling you right now, like if if Vancouver ends up re-signing Markstrom for however long, like. I would have to think that they're going to want to move Thatcher Demko. Yeah. And if that's the case, like that's a move that you make for with the intention of being like, okay, this is, we're investing in him because he could be the guy. And like, that just makes it like, I I would rather have the problem of having to decide between a guy like Demko or Georgiev or Corpi Salo or, or uh, Merzilkins and having to pick, like, when it's time for UPL, rather than just rolling with Allmark or going and trying to get somebody, like, an older guy who is going to be a bridge and just kind of putting all of your chips in that basket for UPL or for Portillo, for that matter. Like, make a move for a guy that you think could actually be the guy, not somebody that you want to be a temporary thing. And all of those guys who we just mentioned are all under 25. I am... Yeah, I'm pretty sure all of them are under 25. Maybe Corpy Salem might be 25, 26. Um, but they're guys that like could be goalies for you, not only in the short term, but also in the long term as well. Like Vancouver is that like there's no way that they're gonna be able to let Markstrom walk if they, if he's about to take them like win a division for them, which right now they are one point out of, of first in the division. Um, but then again, at the same time, they're also you know their Winnipeg is in the third spot right now, the outside looking in for the wild card and they're only two points back of Vancouver. That whole Pacific race is going to be crazy going down the stretch, but like, especially since uh, Brock Besser is uh right. Now he's out. out. Yeah. yeah. Now he's Probably out here. Right. Exactly. And so that makes the, t- t- the fully trade. I mean, in a way it's like a good thing, but also it kind of sucks because like, I like Vancouver and I would have liked to see what they could have been. Like. I can't decide if the t- to fully trade actually makes more or less sense now. I don't know if it does. That's actually a good point because yeah, because it's a weird be middle ground. Like, yeah, why bother now that Bester's hurt? Like, they're te- like they're really top heavy as a team. Yeah, they are, but I guess it like goes just back into like, I don't know. It's like, well, what are you an NHL team for if your objective every year is to not make the playoffs and give it the best shot that you can? And True, I guess... they can they can still make the playoffs pretty easily in that division. Right, and they yeah. do, they are top heavy with talent, but like at the same time, like that top end talent that they have is like really top end talent, you know. And on top of that, the way the stupid uh, playoffs are structured in the NHL, uh, they could just easily make the conference final. Easily. Easily they can. And I mean, look at the teams around them, too. Like, for example, like, when you're talking, even, like, with, like, goaltending being something, because we know, like, in the playoffs, like, goaltending can absolutely, like, be a huge difference maker for teams. I mean... Edmonton, do you trust them? No. 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 Do you trust Calgary's goaltending? Yeah, speaking of teams that are top heavy. Right. Exa- yeah, like Calgary. Ar- I mean, Arizona, like Darcy Kemper's been good, but like, I don't trust that. Like, David Riddich, like, you don't know what he's going to be in the playoffs. I mean, Winnipeg has Halle Buck. Yeah, like, for sure. You know, Nashville's making a push right now, but Saros and Pecorine both have been pretty underwhelming. I don't know. I, I think that he. Four be- teams that I think are actually good in the West. Who do you got? The top three in the Central and Vegas. Vegas has not played up to their potential at all, obviously. But. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be way, really interesting. Anyways, though, back yeah. to the I know we're I think getting off I think the idea here. of buying low on Thatcher Demko is an interesting. I would, it, but and and so this is the thing that like I'm just so curious about. Like we were talking, we're talking about you know moves that have been made, moves that haven't been made, but probably should have been made. And, like, I mean, just, like, the value. Like, Marco Scandella got a second and a fourth. Dylan DeMello got a third, like, a third-round pick. You know, I mean, I'm sure that the price on, on Demko would be relatively high, but, like, if it means... Yeah. if it Well, who knows about that, but, like, I would... I could probably say this pretty confidently. Aside from Dylan Cousins, 
UPL. And that might be it. I would trade any prospect in our system if it meant getting Demko. Not, what about UPL? Not UPL. I wouldn't trade UPL for him. No, I'd want to keep. I want. I would not. I in my mind, UPL is a guy that you trade under no circumstances unless it's like you're bringing in like a, a superstar and you're and you have to include him. That seems fair. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna trade him until no. Just I. I just am not doing that yet. Unless it's something crazy, like if it means bringing in like a bona fide, legitimate, like top six guy, I can't even think of a, of like a comparable because of like how big it would need to be, and it would just sound ridiculous. But like, if you were like, if you were going after, I don't know, this is I don't even know about, but like Kyle Connor for example, or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe then you consider it, but like if it's. You never do that for a guy with two first names. Ridiculous. True. That's yeah. That's a good point. Shows a lack of character. Um, I don't know. I mean, Demko is definitely like a guy for like one of the guys for me, and even Georgiev. I mean, that's the thing, especially with Georgiev. That's so interesting is that like Demko, we don't necessarily know that he's available, but we know Georgiev is available. The Columbus goalies, we don't really know because Corpusello is out, and so you're not gonna trade one of them like now. That's a move that comes in the summer, but like. That's dependent on, you know, St. Louis, or it's dependent on Columbus making a playoff push. For the Canucks, it's, it's dependent on them making a push. Georgiev is on the way out no matter what. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. I'm, and it depends on what the price is, I guess. But, like, at the same time, it's like GMs just are incredible at misvaluing players. I, I And it's like that's what is so frustrating about Jason Botterill is that it's not only the moves that, like, have been rumored to have been made. I know we've heard, you know, like, Eller's name has been thrown out there. Some of the Vegas guys have been thrown out there. It, it's not even that. It's more so what I feel like I'm even more curious about to an extent is the stuff that we don't even know could be a possibility right now. Like, GMs just are so bad at valuing just players and overvaluing, I guess, like, intangibles and stuff like that. Um... And it's just so annoying to me that we can't lock in on who those GMs are and just ruin them and just take from them. Right. I don't know. And that's, I guess, going to like a greater point. I mean, places with better front offices, you're probably not going to get that. Like you're, you know, but like, like Florida is a prime example of this. Like, Dale Talon, we know that Trotschek is available. I, and people have mentioned this, but, like, it, because of the fact that it makes so, so much sense, like, Ristolainen is, like, a guy that I would not have a, any doubts about him, like, drooling over. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, just do something here. Like, you, you're, like I said before with regard to Vancouver, like, your objective going into every year, unless you are knowingly tanking, is to try and make the playoffs. Coming into this season, the Sabres' objective was to make the playoffs, but they did not do nearly enough to get them there. So, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this because it's just like we no, talk I in circles like about this stuff sometimes, yeah. well, but it's just so frustrating. We, it's like, how can you look at these two goalies and say this is what's going to help us compete and contend? Yeah. Well, he doesn't care about doing that right now. But how about this? A quiz. <sighs> okay. You ready? I'm ready. It combines, I think we're talking about with the thing you uh, have some knowledge on. The top goalie drafted every year. By top, I mean first. Okay. Every draft of the century. Oof. Okay. The older ones will get hints on. But starting okay. in 2019, the first one drafted. All right. Um. I mean, can I, like, jump around if I know guys who are, like, or do I, are we going to just do this chronologically? Uh, we have to do chronologically because I don't have it written down. God. All right, so last year, the 2019 draft. So first, um, that's the thing is that, like, I have to, like, think of, like, the top pick so I get on a roll so that I have everybody clumped in the same draft class because I always will get guys, like, years confused. Okay, so... So we got Hughes, Kako, um... Who the heck would have been first last year? Was it? Could I? Can I know what round it was in? 
first. 2019? First it wasn't round. first. So 13th pick. Oh my god. Uh Florida. Um Spencer Knight, of yeah. course. Yeah. Okay. Back a year. What round? 2018 second round. Second round? Yep. Can I know the team? Or is that going to give it away? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what you know. Uh what team is it? The Rangers. 39th pick. Would that have been Igor Shosturkin? Or no. no, no, he he's prior to that. Uh, he's from Sweden. I was gonna say they're, yeah. I was gonna say no, they're not from North America. Um, let's come back to it. I gotta think about it more. All right. Twenty seventeen. Let's see. Where is this fella? Twenty sixth overall. Uh, team. Or Dallas. Oh man. Um. Dallas. 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 First round. Yep. Twenty sixth overall. The people taken before and after him were Ryan Poling and Morgan Frost. Pulling went to what the I know Frost is with Philly. Pulling is what Islanders. Montreal. Or Montreal. Montreal. Right. 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 Oh boy. Um. Dallas goalie. This is a hard one, man. Uh, it's and and the problem is that I'm sure I know the names, but I'm just like blanking on who it actually is because I'm on the spot. Um, that's 17 and 18 and i can't really give you any hints about them because i don't know anything about these guys but you want to do 16 sure let's come back all right 2016 first goalie 2016 round looking right now it doesn't look like there was one taken early i don't know if the listeners can tell i'm doing this completely on the fly i thought of it while we were talking (laughs) wow there really wasn't one early 48th 48th overall by the Philadelphia Flyers. 48. Oh, Carter Hart. Yes. Yeah, that's done. All right. 2015. Round. Let's see what we got here. Again, no one early. 22nd. 22nd? Yes. What year are we in? 2015 or 16? 15. 15? Um, oh, wait. Side note. Mm-hmm. The Dallas goalie. Yeah. Jake Ottinger. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So then 2015, what team? Washington Capitals. Oh, Ilya Samsonov. That's, there we go. I should have known that one. 2014. 2014. Okay. We, uh, let's see here. We do not have a goalie in the first round, do we? No, no goalie in the first round. 34th to Calgary. Is it John Gillies? It is not. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, are they European? They are not. No? No. Shit. They have not played a game in the NHL. Taken two spots ahead of Thatcher Demko. Two spots ahead of Thatcher Demko to Calgary? Yes. He has the same last name as a Calgary legendary player who has 500 goals. Not a Ginla. I was about to say. Uh... A big mustachioed fellow from the 80s. Ah, uh, this one I don't know. Who is yeah. it? You want me to give it to you? It's Mason McDonald. I wouldn't have got that one. Yeah. Did you know who I was referencing, though? Lanny McDonald. Oh. Uh, Different okay. spellings appears, though. All right, 2013. We're looking at, uh... Hmm. 
36th, Montreal. 36th, Montreal. Um, no, it's not him. He got. He's more recent. Is he still with Montreal? Let me check here. Because it appears he has not played in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. That's always a great sign when it's uh, almost seven years after that's he got tough. drafted. That's tough. Um... So, yeah. It's, he, he's, he has not played in the NHL. God. Um... His last name almost sounds like a swear. Is a second round pick? Yep. Dude, this is a tough one. Zach Fucali. <laughs> oh, son of I. Mm, I did not. Oh my god! I forgot that he was a high pick. All right, tw- son of a. I'm like that's. I'm actually mad about that. Twenty twelve. 19th overall. This would have been Veslevsky, right? That's right. Okay. You're back. We're back at it, baby. That 2012 um, top four, by the way, just real quick. Uh-huh. Nell Yakupov, Ryan Murray, Alex Galenyuk, Griffin Reinhardt. Love it. A lot of whiffs. Yikes. Murray is probably going to end up being the best from that group. I like him a lot. He's just, like, so injured. Yeah. Christ. That's extremely, extremely Griffin injured. Reinhardt played 37 games in the NHL. Uh, that's bad. Yikes. That's, that's, yikes. that's rough. He's been a part of some... Did we talk about like the ridiculous trades that that dude has been a part of? He got traded for so much. I know! He got traded like a minute apart from Dougie Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And the, the Islanders got more for him. Insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Anyways. All right. 2011. 2011. Round... First, uh, first. I'm looking now. Oh boy, God, a lot of defensemen taken in uh, 2011. Oh God, second round, 38th pick. I'm starting to see why uh, these goalies people stopped drafting him high. This fellow has played four games. Team Nashville drafted him. He was taken one spot ahead of John Gibson. Oh, that's you win tough. Some, you lose some, Nashville. That is so tough. Um. One spot ahead of John Gibson. Uh, One spot after Boone Jenner. Is he in the league still? Or like... I seriously four, doubt it. Yeah. Four um, games played ever. He was drafted in 2011. He only played four games? Yeah. Oh my god. This is going to get easier for next decade, I think. but Or previous decade. But. Right. Oh god. Um... For Nashville. Also has a swear in his name. His last name. I'm like saying swears in my head. like thinking like... Billy Shitsmith. Yeah. I knew it. You just you just put shit in Billy Smith's name. Yep. It's a different goalie from a different era. <laughs> Magnus Helberg. Magnus Helberg. Wow. Yeah. I can't imagine why no one drafts goalies early. Why, why does no one draft goalies early? Who? I, I can never know. All right, here's one. 11th overall. 2010. 2010? 11th yeah. overall. What team? The Dallas Stars. This guy is still in the league. But he is not with dallas he's been with many teams he was recently traded to the toronto maple leafs and his name is jack campbell that's right yep also side note with this draft this top six here you know what top seven taylor hall tyler sagan eric branson ryan johansson nino niederreiter brett Connolly, jeff skinner that's beautiful what do they all have in common they're all good besides that they're not all that good. <laughs> Wait, say the names again. Taylor Hall, Tyler Sagan, Eric Branson, oh, not Ryan Branson. Johansson, Nito Niederreier, Brett Connolly, and Jeff Skinner. Yeah. Okay. They've all been traded. They were all traded by the team that drafted them. Oh, okay, cool. Two, yeah. The first two picks by the were traded by the same guy. Taylor Hall and Tyler Sagan. Oh shit! Both traded by Peter Chiarelli. Great GM. Really smart guy. 
Good brain. But what I was going to say was... Good brain. The, Best brain. The, the, and then it was Burmistrov and Mikhail Granlund. But the 10th pick is Dylan McElrath, which you would say bust, right? Mm. And the 11th pick is Jack Campbell, who I would also say kind of bust. Yeah, definitely for draft position. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay, 2009. Fun stuff. Let's get back to... Uh, hello. Jesus, no one drafted the one in the first round again. First pick of the second round. 31st overall by the New York Islanders. This fellow has played in the NHL uh, to moderate success. Is he still with the Islanders? No. He's a... Uh, he, here's the thing. He may or may not be a starting goalie for a playoff team this year. And he was drafted by the Islanders? Yes. It's not the Islanders. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um... Let's see. I think he's. Hmm, I think he's been hurt at one point this year, but I think he's healthy now. Been a starter for two years now. With a Western Conference team. Yes. Is it? Oh, I don't want to get this wrong. Is it Philip Grubauer? No. Okay, I was yeah, I was gonna say. Because I didn't know if he like went from like the Islanders to Washington or something. Uh, and he's hurt. Um, I don't know if he's hurt right now. He was, I believe he's hurt at one point this season. The second goalie taken this year was Robin Leonard. It's not Markstrom, is it? No. For a playoff team in the West? Yeah. Who the hell? There's only so many playoff teams in the West. <laughs> it's not like Mika Koskinen, is it? Mika Koskinen. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, how about that? The more you know. overall for the Islanders. Isn't that exciting? I was not expecting that. Oh, boy. All right. 18th pick in 2008 by the Nashville Predators. God, the Predators are back. Yeah, this guy didn't play in the NHL either. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why is the league so bad at this? At all? No, not once. I'm pretty sure he's dead now. Really? No. <laughs> My God. He's got a stupid name. Are you going to get it? I don't think you're going to get it. Who? Chet Picard. Do you have no. any comment on him? There's Calvin Picard. No, not him. I know that those are two different people, but okay, well. This the... guy was uh, his alter ego, Chet. <laughs> okay. He got drafted twice. I don't Chet know. the Rocket Stedman? No, Chet the Dumbass Picard. Um, <laughs> oh, God, this is, this is another made-up guy. Phoenix took 36th overall. This is just going to turn into a roast, because this guy also didn't play in the NHL. Do you have any idea? Because if you don't... He didn't play in the NHL at all? No. Who? <laughs> Joel, Joel Gistad. <laughs> what great quiz taylor thank you i realizing now that this was pretty should have done like the best performing goalie from each draft or something i should have done the one with the most wins yeah that would have been great hey i thought of it in the middle of our fucking conversation <laughs> i'm just i'm just this is no longer a quiz this is now me just coming up with it who the person is and then telling you daring you daring you to find out all right who do we all got right, here's one here's one a real one 11th overall los angeles kings they got to stop doing this because this guy was not worth it, but he, he's an NHL guy. What year? 2007. Or 2007, what draft pick? Sorry, 2006. The made-up guy from Phoenix, 2007. Okay, so... This guy's 11th overall. He's played on a few teams now. Been around. And L.A. drafted him? L.A. drafted him. He played for L.A. for a little while, but he was a backup. Is he still in the league? He... Yes. He's... Meh. He's been meh. He's been meh. I'm he's guessing he's for, a backup. Well, this year he's a starter. Oh. He's been a starter before. Like he started for after he's drafted be, by Los Angeles. After backing up Jonathan Quick for a little while and being in and out of the lineup, he went to an Eastern Conference team where he was a starter. They moved on. He's been on three teams since then, all in the West. Or shoot, two in the West, and now he's on the Eastern Conference team again.
big pick, big prospect, not so great player. He had some solid years, but he did. And he's with the East right now. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. Two thousand seven or six? Six. Six run. Okay. You want to hear the teams he's played for? Yeah, actually. Los Angeles for five seasons, Toronto for three, Anaheim, Colorado, Detroit. Oh, man. I can't believe that I didn't get this on the first guess. Jonathan Bernier. Yep. Oh. What are you going to do, bud? All right. Who's <laughs> ready for more? Son of a bitch. Here's a slam dunk. Fifth overall pick, 2005. Two. What was it? Fifth overall pick in 2005. Uh, oh, um, what's it called? This is, uh... Not a bust. Not a bust, I know. Um, fifth overall. The team will give it away, right? Yeah. Say the people around him real quick. First okay. overall, Sidney Crosby. Second, Bobby Ryan. Third, Jack Johnson. Fourth, Benoit Pouliot. Fifth, this guy. Sixth, Gilbert Brule. Oh, it's 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 Carey Price. Yes. It's Carey Price. Seventh, Jack Skill. Great Oof. name for a hockey wow. player. I think it's Skilly. No, I disagree. 2004, <laughs> sixth overall. Oh, no. The Rangers back at it again. Why did the Rangers take a guy sixth overall? In 2004. Why? Yeah, why'd they do that? It's a, it's a good question. They had Henrik Lundqvist. He was like 22 years old at the time. Uh, still in the league? Uh, no, but he stuck around for a while. He bounced around uh, Phoenix, the Islanders, Winnipeg, Florida, Montreal, Edmonton. Phoenix, the Islanders. Uh... Played more Islanders games than anywhere else. I wouldn't say he was good. What are the teams he played for again? He played for the Islanders, mm. Phoenix, mm. Winnipeg, Florida, Montreal, and Edmonton. Drafted by New York, never played for them. Taken one spot before Devin Dubnik. Oh, boy. Who did he retire with? Sure. Uh, he was taken uh, actually eight spots before Devin Dubnik. He retired with, let me look at this again. Uh, Edmonton, 2017-18. Oh, man. Uh, Taken between Blake Wheeler and Radoslav Olesh. Of course, Radoslav Olesh. Oh, man. Take it and... Rangers picked him. Um, never played with them. Edmonton. Where did he have? Did he spend most of his career with Edmonton? No, he didn't spend most of his career anywhere. Who is it? I don't know. Al Montoya. Al Montoya. Good lord. Hey, you got drafted that high. All right, here's an easy one. Oh three, first overall pick. I wonder who. The flower himself. That's right. Mark Andre Fleury. That's right. Two thousand two, second overall pick. <laughs> is this my man Rick? No. Oh no! Is he the year? Is he a year or two before this? He has not been picked yet. Or he's been picked in the past. We haven't reached him yet. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um. Second overall. Yeah. Two thousand two. Yeah. Still By in the, the league. Atlanta Thrashers. Is he still in the league? God, oh no! Know. It's um. Kari Lettinen. Yeah, he's not still in the league. No, I liked him for a while though. Hmm. When he was with Dallas. Yeah, and then what happened? Those teams just weren't great. Dallas, and then he was 2015-16, led the league in scoring. Kerry Lettinen, 906 save yeah, percentage. Yeah, that was towards the end of his career. You don't love to see that. Don't love to see it. Okay. All right, we... only two more years left. Woohoo! Here we go, 2001. What number are we at? Eighth. This was a guy that had a moment. He was taken by Columbus. He had a moment. He had a moment in the league, definitely, I would say. You want me to say that a couple more times? 
He had a moment. He had a moment. He burst onto the scene briefly, and then, uh, you know, it's better to burn out than fade away. He he said often. Played for Columbus for five years and Ottawa for two. A precursor to Steve Mason. I was gonna say because I know like old Columbus goalies are like Mark Denise and like no. stuff like that, but I know it's not him. Between him and Steve Mason, this fella has shares a last name with a very good NHL player of the '90s. And I think his first name means Easter in another language, but who's to say? A very good NHL player of the '90s. Mm-hmm. Same last name. Same last name. Uh, it was only with Columbus and Ottawa. You said, yeah. Here's why: his save percentage after that breakout year, quote unquote, that he had was eight sixty seven, eight eighty seven, and nine oh eight. Oh, good. Um. give you a hint the guy he played for uh, has the same last name as played for the flyers on a i believe a stanley cup runner-up team in the 90s 97 who is it i pascal leclerc pascal leclerc of course all right nephew of john leclerc no i don't know that for sure last one the easiest one yet. dance and rick yep 902 career save percentage, still under contract as we speak. Sad. Concussions, man. Injuries. It'll do it to you. I mean, that contract was ridiculous, don't get me wrong, but like he could have been he could have been good. Interesting. Um little top picks we got here. We got Danny Heatley second, Marion Gabrick third, Radislav Klesla fourth, <sighs> former almost saver. Former saver. Rafi Torres fifth, former saver. Scott Hartnell, sixth. Wow. To the Nashville Predators. That's a... So guess what? That quiz was stupid as hell. I should have come up with a better quiz. That's okay. When I was home, uh, reiterating it with different stats for the 400th time that Carter Hutton sucks. All right. We'll we'll, get him next time. We're going to be back on Sunday with a super secret guest. I know we said that last time. We might be lying again. Hopefully we're not lying. Yeah. We'll see. Either way, there's a new episode coming your way on Monday. So should be good. Should be be good. Uh, Any last thoughts, Taylor? Nope. Cool. Me too. All right, everybody. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out the Hockey Podcast Network online at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com and on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Blue and Gold Cast. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And we are going to conclude with our Random Savers player of the episode, which we are going to share with you all in three, two, one. Radislav Klesla. Radislav Klesla.